Good afternoon, everybody. We are back. This is England is burning for March 8, 2021. We are now in the afternoon. Early this morning, we had Mark on from the Barmy Army to talk about Manchester United in the weekly feature. It is International Women's Day. Happy International Women's Day to everyone out there, to everyone. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about that for a little smidgen later. Today, right now, we have Emma from the Man, Man City Women fan cast to do the weekly feature with us on Manchester City. And they had two interesting matches, big matches over the last five days or so. One yesterday, playing Everton 1-0 for City in that one. And then they had the Women's Champions League round of 16, first leg at home at Academy Stadium. That was a 3-0 for City there. We're here to talk about both those matches and then look ahead to City's trip to Italy and whatever happens next. Emma, thank you for coming back this afternoon, this evening. I know it's five hours later where you are tonight. Thank you for being here again. That's all right. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, now I want everyone to know, I, we, there was a Manchester Derby on the men's side yesterday. I want everyone to know, this is not a Manchester United shirt I'm wearing, y'all. This is Atlanta United it's the same color scheme y'all but you know i gotta i gotta represent the atl on these podcasts right you know it's what i keep saying we're from the atl uh and so forth so you know you'll see it see there you go all right so yeah it is great i mean it's great it's a great kit um so let's talk about let's talk about midweek thursday it was uh last thursday uh champions league uh back in action for city uh, at home, as I said, at the Academy Stadium playing uh, Serie A side Florentina. We knew not much about them. We knew that a former uh, City player was actually playing for them, I think maybe on loan, uh, that she was coming back to, to Manchester, um, but we knew not much else. So what did you think about that that match overall? Yeah, um, <laughs> it was Wednesday, it's, it, it was, was Wednesday. Wednesday. See, I'm getting my days completely I know, I know, off. it's a mess. <laughs> it, it was Wednesday. It was played on Wednesday. The second leg is being played on Thursday. It's it's all a mess. I'm telling you this. I, I think I think Emma, I need some type of <laughs> mental health check or some sort of medical check exactly right now because I am disoriented. I have no idea what day it is. No. I'm not even sure what time it is. I know we're in March. I know it's March 8 because I announced that earlier. So, so you need to know, Keith. Honestly, okay. uh, but yeah, it was it was Wednesday. Uh, Wednesday, it was five o'clock ish kind of kickoff. Um, yeah, good start for City. Actually, it came out really quick. Two really quick goals. Uh, we scored two quick succession. Uh, Lauren Hemp with the first. Ellen White with the second. Uh, and it kind of felt like City potentially could have really just steamboat the whole match and just sort of <laughs> rolled Florentina over. But to be fair to Florentina, they um, grew into the game and uh, it kind of felt if City could have potentially gone on and, and scored quite a few goals in this game, it would might have been a bit of an embarrassment. But mm-hmm. credit to credit to Florentina, they actually did really come back into the game and... Um, yeah, it made it really difficult for us. They, especially in the second half, they had a couple of really good opportunities themselves. So it really, as time went on in the game, you really kind of just felt like City really needed to get another goal just to give them a bit of a cushion to take to, to Florence. I think that was really important. 
And then the third goal did actually come towards the end of the 90 minutes through Sam Mewis. So it was great to see her contributing, obviously having come back from injury. Yeah. And, you know, it was a, all, one thing I do remember, even though I may not remember the day was it was, you know, it was an odd time for, you know, because I watched the match at like noon, uh, you know, and, it, it, uh, and, uh, and it, not knowing what I was, I didn't know what to expect from Florentina coming into the get into the match. I mean, I don't think anyone really did, yeah. um, aside, aside, hopefully, uh, of um, Jared Taylor and his coaching staff probably knew a little bit more, hopefully, about what they were to, to expect. But I think, you know, when I look at Champions League matches, I look at the idea of really uh, doing two things. When I'm the home team, I look, I think about two things. One, get out early, and then also try to get a clean sheet. Because because everyone loves clean sheets in hotels and on soccer pitches. They love clean sheets. And especially when it comes to Champions League uh, legs is uh, get a good clean sheet, particularly keeping the away side from scoring because you have the away goals rule in effect. And so I was on one hand, I was like, yeah, the two quick goals in, in succession. And it was like one from, you know, one from across from the right. The next one comes from across on the left, you know, just basically attacking the flanks, crossing it in and, um, you know, right into the box and, and both of them went in. Um, I mean, and I was like, okay, is this game going to just be a complete rollover? But as you said, you know, given Forentina's credit, you know, they, at that point they grew into it, you know, they grew into the match at that point and they, they played pretty stiff, pretty structured, pretty resolute defensively once they got, you know, just kind of had a chance to breathe a little bit. And, and they and as the game kind of wore on, it seemed like they just kept, you know, um, you know, they kept just kind of getting a little bit more at times. They got a little bit more physical, a little bit more, you know, um, kind of cut, you know. Okay, now they kind of understood what they were in for at that point. I'm not sure they were necessarily prepared for a complete blitz in the first five minutes, um, but they grew into it. And it, I mean, it could have been a, a four or five nil, and that's kind of what it felt like the first five minutes, but that didn't happen. No, um, and, you know, I think that's that's it isn't it with champions league football is that you never really know kind of what you're going to get <laughs> because you know you come against these oppositions that you don't necessarily know all that much about and for fans it's it, you know it, it can be quite difficult mm-hmm. um and it's always good uh, i think like i said last week you know florence are a team that florentina sorry are a team that we've not played before um so it's always good to come up against a new sort of opposition um you know because you find sort of new ways of testing yourself um but I, I think there were quite a lot of you know good points to take away from the game I think we're in a really strong position now heading to obviously Italy on Thursday um it would be great to 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 come out again and, and hopefully get an early goal just to kind of put us in a, a bit more of a comfortable position because obviously the away goal would would be fantastic I think uh for City you know in terms of ensuring that you know we can progress in this competition because it you know we have ambitions as a club to want to progress and mm-hmm. i think we're in a really good position heading over to florence so we need to really capitalize on that yeah and when i was talking with uh rob with uh cfcw social when he was talking about you know chelsea has a similar similar scoreline to defend when they go but they have to go to um 
actually they're going to Italy, they're going to Italy also, but to play Atletico. Um, and um, you know, his thought process was, I think, the same as yours, where it's like, well, hopefully City will come out early, get an early, quick away goal, and then that'll be the essentially put that the rest. Yeah, and and like you saw in the Chelsea game against Atletico, I think they kind of maybe underestimated how much of a test that would have been because at, mm-hmm. at the beginning in the earlier stages of the game they certainly looked like you know Atletico were in it so mm-hmm. yeah they've got to be mindful of, of what a good strong team Atletico would be having obviously come up against them you know twice and, and sort of they've caused a bit of an upset for us so yeah you know if you you've got to you know want to progress you've got to beat these top quality teams and I think those teams that are left in this competition are really showing their worth. I think I've said that before. So, yeah, it, it's, you know, for both teams to progress, I think at this stage of the competition, you know, on behalf of obviously, you know, the WSL and the English League, yeah, it, it's fantastic that hopefully both clubs will go through to the next round. And I think you're bringing up a really good point. And I think you're bringing up actually two really good points. And one of them is, and, and this brings me to the, to the question is, is, you know, do you, is there any concern? Do you feel like, you know, going into being up two goals, going into Italy, do you think that, you know, Gareth and the coaching staff are going to have City prepared to mentally to do what they need to do to finish this thing out? Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, we'll be really well prepared for this game. I mean, Gareth's, you know, spoken about how we're just taking it as a game by game sort of. Mm-hmm at the minute because you know we've, we've got a lot of um you know we've been playing a lot of games at the minute after Florence on Thursday you know we'll have a bit of a rest which I think is mm-hmm. needed you know we've played three games in a week just now mm-hmm. so you know the turnaround has been really quick and with that sort of rest and recovery kind of process has been quite intense for the team so I think they'll probably enjoy the fact that you know we've got games coming in thick and fast that kind of old cliche but I think yeah I, I, th- I think we'll be as well prepared as we can do I think it's good that we've got had some players come back into the squad like the likes of Kira Walsh, Sam Mewis you know um, we've had Lavelle come back in as well you know just recently so yeah it's 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 good it's good and I think they'll be they'll enjoy sort of uh, building on the momentum that we we seem to be picking up and I think uh, yeah it's 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 going to be you know a tough game it always is going you know anywhere um, especially in a tournament like this uh, away from home but we're in a like I said a really strong position so we should just be able to go out and get the job done yeah and it appears that way but you know, I mean with these with Champions League you never know uh, you never know what's <laughs> going to happen and so forth but let's get, I want to dig a little bit further into the game though Talk to me about Chloe Kelly. How great was she against Forandina? It, it, it seems like at the minute, all we kind of do is big up Chloe Kelly. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, <laughs> but she's fantastic and, and rightly so. She deserves, you know, the, the recognition that she's, you know, been working really hard. You know, she's uh, really contributing so much to the team and just, outstanding in terms of her quality and precision that she's offering the team at the moment um i think she just adds so much more 
um, in terms of creativity, uh, really, for City. She's just so clever uh, and intelligent with the ball. And I think, you know, week on week we're seeing it. Um, I just wish now we'd had a sort of sooner, <laughs> you know. But, <laughs> right. You know, it's just one of those things. But I think she's, um, yeah, absolutely fantastic player. Settled into the squad so well. You know, when you bring in a new player in the summer, there's always usually just that bit of time that a player needs to bed in. But she's just from the off. She's been fantastic. And, um, yeah, a lot of people have obviously got good things to say about her, and rightly so. I And I... I... I have, you know me, I have a tendency to look at numbers and I also you have a tendency to look too much into Twitter. Um, so in the Twitter world, um, I, I saw multiple like, and I, I don't like it when the, when people do this, but I understand why they do when they make comparisons between women's players and men's players on the same club, right? So I, I started seeing all these um, comparisons between Kevin De Bruyne and Chloe Kelly because they're both you know, playing great as, you know, playmakers, as, you know, of, you know, creating goal scoring opportunities, creating uh, shot scoring opportunities. I get it. But in fact, but when you really watch both of them, you know, they're both, you know, they have different types of play though. You know, I mean, yes, they're both playmakers that, and that's where the comparison ends to me, you know, the, the, the level of difficulty that Chloe is playing with in terms of the, the, the plays that she's creating, the, the shot opportunities that she's creating, is that I think at a higher level, the way she plays and the way the buildup is, um, and I think in this Champions League match was, was a result of that. Her, those crosses in, the level of difficulty from the flank, getting it in to the box like that, you know, was pretty significant. Um, and her fluidity and ease with the ball, as you mentioned, she's very good with it. Um, you know, was just top notch. Um, and I was like, I don't like the comparison, but I get it. But I think in, in many respects, the level of difficulty, you know, is a bit higher on, on Chloe's side, I would agree, I would say. The thing is, like, when you, you think of, like, Kevin De Bruyne, I think he, people recognize his name as, yeah. you know, the best, you know. And mm -hmm. I think to have that comparison and to be put in the same sort of, on the same sort of pedestal as a player like Kevin De Bruyne is pretty incredible. And I think if that sort of comparison gets people to sort of take time to sort of recognize the quality that she's producing, I think that can only be a good thing. Mm -hmm. um, you know, because I think it's things like that, that just actually make people kind of, all oh, right, women's football, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Oh, and, and there's a Chloe Kelly and, and look at what she's doing and look what she's producing week in, week out. And, yeah, I, I can't. I, and if that directs, you know, a few more funds towards the women's game, then more for it. That's a great shout, Emma. That's that is a great shout, and and I wish I had thought of that myself. <laughs> <laughs> but you're absolutely right. I completely agree with that take. Um, I really do. And um, you know, I, I tend to look at it on on one way, but that's a you know very positive and 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 good way of looking at it as well and if and but i think it's true uh if it if you're making those comparisons be like oh well who is this chloe kelly person you know who is who is she let's see what you know let's watch watch what she has to yeah. what she can do you know that type of thing so that's that's always a positive um and so forth i think one of the most other important things um 
is, um, I mean, clearly in the Fiorentina match, I mean, City was dominant. I mean, even when it, there was a long space of time between scores, I mean, City were still dominant. They, they had all the possession. Um, the thing we did see, though, with Fiorentina is they grew in, they did grow into it, as we mentioned. But particularly in the second half, what I thought was interesting is they got physically more into it. <laughs> yes, they did. I mean, the <laughs> thing, it got chippy. Like, you know, um, you know, and I was like, I didn't, you know, I was tempted to be like, you know, is this what we, you know, because they kind of responded in the second half. Like I expect teams to be down two zero in a champions league leg to respond, to yeah. get kind of physical and get kind of chippy about it. Um, and, and we saw that. How do you think that city responded to that level of physicality, that level of chippiness? Now, bearing in mind, obviously, we're talking about a team in England uh, where you know physicality is is part of the part of the game. But what did you think about that chippiness in the second half of that match? I kind of thought it was just one player, really individual. <laughs> <That's true. laughs> was it Claudia Nito? Right. Not- at one point and I just right. thought how are you still on the pitch love you know what I mean? right, right. <laughs> um but you know I I kind of like players like that I mean mm-hmm. uh Georgia Stanway is a bit like that for me and mm-hmm. you know if that's um part of the game plan to sort of slow us down um essentially you know um sometimes that's just what you've got to do isn't it you know you, you mm-hmm. don't want uh you know, they, they're still in that game at sort of 2-0. You know, mm-hmm. they could go on and get an away goal and they're still in it. So, yeah, it, it, it was really important, like I said, for City to find a way uh, to get that third. Um, you know, and like I said, Florentino, they had their moments and they could have easily sort of found their way back into the game. So, yeah, it was, it was a bit nitty-gritty towards, <laughs> towards the end. Uh, but I, I just on uh, Chloe, again, like you said, for the third goal, I think that was probably one of the best goals mm-hmm. um, of the night for me. Um, I mean, Sam, she just picked out Sam Mewis. She didn't even have to move, adjust or anything for the cross. No. Uh, and just literally planted her head and just went straight in the back of the head. Net, it was brilliant, honestly. Mm-hmm. And that quality... Um, I'm just really thoroughly enjoy just watching what she can bring to the team. Um, you know, she was great uh, against Everton on Sunday. And although we didn't have um, much opportunity, to, you know, in terms of creativity, uh, because Everton, I thought, you know, really uh, played really well in terms of like trying to, you know, not give us sort of those sort of opportunities. But again, her work rate was immense you know so even though she might not be contributing in terms of play um she offers again just so much in 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 her work rate and you know want the want and the need to sort of find a way sort of through for for the team kind of thing so yeah she's for me you know player of the season so far i mean i know a lot of people would say you know sam mewis and everything like that but for what she's contributed in terms of goals, um, assists, and, a, and her, overall, her overall work rate has been incredible. Yeah, I, and, you know, of course, we still have plenty of matches to go, but, um, but you, know, the, you know, someone like Chloe is, some, is, as I mentioned before, a player I really like, someone who is, because, you know, 
you have yeah of course we have someone like sam Ewis or we have laura you know lauren hemp and you know people that are their job is to be goal scorers but someone's got to get them the ball and they're usually in tight spaces there's not a whole lot of maneuvering the way defenses really pack it in against city you know and to have a player that's able to you know do a lot with little <laughs> you yeah. know it, you know, it, it is really, you know, outstanding. So I really like players like her um, that can do any number of different things with the ball um, and, you know, be one of those generators out there that generate that. And you got to have a good work rate, but you got to have the skills to go with it. And and she's demonstrated a, 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 at a higher level uh, than even I expected her to be at, um, you know, coming through. And, and for City's sake, I hope that continues. So with that being said, you, you mentioned Everton. So let's segue to yesterday. Um, and the first question I have for you, Emma, is coming off, you know, a Thursday match. was Thursday, right? Okay, yeah, Wait, Thursday. Huh? <laughs> it's still Wednesday. Come, but coming off a midweek match, I can't, I can't, you know, I need a check. I need a, I need a check, y'all. You know, what day of the week is it today? It's Monday. Okay, cool. I know what today is. But... <laughs> <laughs> All jokes aside, coming from a midweek match uh, with some level of intensity, being Champions League and all that, was there some type of hangover with Everton yesterday? I don't think there was a hangover to be honest. To be honest. Okay. What, what then? What What do you think? What, what do you think happened there? Um. What do I think happened? I think Everton just played really well and just really had a, a a really good game plan that I think we weren't necessarily prepared for because I think it wasn't sort of possibly the way that we expected Everton to play and um, they wanted to play for the draw and I think that was evident in the way that they played and and the way they executed themselves and it's credit to them really I think um, it was just it was it was a funny game because you kind of felt like I, I always kind of felt like the goal was going to come, but mm-hmm. the longer the game and the longer the game went on, um, I think it wasn't because I don't. I, it kind of felt like we were frustrated, mm-hmm. um, and you know we obviously sp- spoke a lot about City and and you know like the the word of the season has been patience. You know what I mean, right. like and uh, again we had a lot of the ball but I don't think I don't think we were on on form if that makes sense in terms mm-hmm. of you know we were a little bit we, we didn't have like um, we weren't clinical we wasn't able to sort of drive the ball forward as as well as we, we would usually Um I think in those sort of wide areas, it was quite congested from, mm-hmm. you know, but from Everton, you know, in terms of the way that they sort of banked up and sort of made it difficult for us. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there was a lot of space, but we had to work hard to find the space and find a way through. Um, and I think sometimes that came down to sort of poor decision making um, and not looking for like you know like in the when we when we were in the champions when we played the champions league game against florentina in midweek we were able to really switch the play really well 
Mm-hmm. And I think for us against Everton, that's something we needed to do, but we just weren't doing because mm-hmm. there was there was always like a lot of space on sort of like, you know, if if we were playing down sort of like the right, um, you know, there was a lot of space on the left, you know what I mean? But we just wasn't finding the space and able to really sort of capitalise on that. I think we just kind of felt a bit suffocated, I suppose, from Everton and just the way that they played. Uh, it was, it was, it was really quite a, 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 a nitty gritty sort of game plan from Willie Kerr, I think, and, and a well executed one up until obviously the goal really. Um, and it, it, it almost felt as though if the goal was going to come, it wasn't necessarily going to come through the cross or the sort of set please mm-hmm. play or the, the corner. It was going to come through something from distance where a, a player was able to create some space for themselves and get the shot off because a lot, I think a lot of the goals a lot of the opportunities that we had on goal were coming from sort of open play really mm-hmm. yeah and you know I, I as I was watching it was watching the match you know I was like I had the analogy in my head of like of like a fire and then, but, but almost like a forest fire. And then you would go and snuff out, you would, they, you would just, what would happen was there would be one fire here. Everton would just quickly snuff that out. And then there'd be another fire and then Everton would stuff that out. And they just spent the entire match Everton snuffing out little fires, you know? Yeah. yeah. I mean, just it snuffing was them out. Yeah, it was, they were well, there was a lot of structure to their play. Um, mm-hmm. you know, we, we barely, barely troubled Sandy MacGyver in goal. Um, mm-hmm. you know, we didn't really create anything. It was anything of too much trouble, you know? Um, and, and, I, I, yeah, I, I was kind of, I was really happy to, that we were able to get someone out of the game because like I said, it almost felt as like we weren't, but I think, mm-hmm. I think again, like, I think this is going to be one of those matches that could be pivotal in the season campaign because you know this is a game where we've had to really fight to get someone out of the game and I think these are the games that are more sort of significant in the season potentially more significant in the season campaign because you know these are the games that could be the difference you Mm -hmm. know whereas you know we might have settled for a draw we found mm-hmm. a way to win and that was that was really important because that's essentially what champions do they find a way to win and that's something that we sort of lacked at the beginning of the season but now you know we're we're finding a way through and i think that was you know you can talk about a team and you can talk about their character uh, but i i generally feel that that was a, a a a complete performance in the way that we were able to to go on and get the result I kind of felt like, you know, it was going to be pretty tight. Uh, and I had, was very impressed with Everton, you know, especially when they played City in the FA Cup final, uh, which, if I remember correctly, did go into extra time after it was uh, 1-1. Uh, and I, in City pulled it out in, with two goals late in the end, uh, you know, to to get that trophy. But Everton played that 
you know, played a style of defense where it really stuffed out a lot of opportunities. And there was some minor changes from that to this, but it really was like, you know, obviously Everton was watching the film and they were like, okay, well, we know what City likes to do. And what we're going to do is make them feel uncomfortable and disallow them to do plan A. And plan A is to possess the ball, create crosses into the box, move, work the ball into the box some way, somehow, and create strong goal scoring opportunities. So we stuff that out and then, uh, you know, make them go to plan B. Is City going to be patient enough to go to plan B? Now, as we've discussed, you know, in the last multiple matches ongoing in this streak that City is on, and yes, the City women are on the streak too, um, that, you know, that there had been patience and being able to be fluid and go from plan A to plan B when something didn't work. And something was different about this one. You know, something was different about this match versus the others where maybe you're right. I, you know, I don't know if it was a lack of patience. It just seemed like every, you know, every opportunity just got snuffed out like a little fire because Everton knew if they let them get this build up happen, then it was going to result in, in them being, you know, possibly being battered um, by other teams. And they just stayed strong and stayed pretty resolute uh, in that. And yeah, I was worried like you, I wasn't sure that goal was going to come um, because the set pieces weren't working. They weren't able to get the ball. Into no, the and, and, it, and it didn't work, but I think um, it was a real tactical game. Mm-hmm. You know, it it almost felt mm-hmm. like who's who's gonna make the next move. It was it was it was really strange to that that obviously we've seen this season so far. It felt like um I don't want to say like a proper game of football. But, you could but, say that. You, you know, could say it, it was it a proper felt, game of football. Yeah. It, it was it was really. I mean, we knew they were going to be tough, Everton. Um, you know, never it's not an opposition that you know we ever underestimate. You know. They're the kind of team that can take points off of you. We know this and, you know, we've seen that in some of the results that they've achieved this season so mm-hmm. far. So, you know, it, it, it was a big game, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm pleased that we could come away with it with the three points. Um, I'm pleased that it was Kara Walsh, you know, obviously coming back into the squad, obviously having sustained that injury um, on international in, in the international break. You know, we've been without her for a couple few matches, so uh, it was great to see her back in the, in the squad. She's not a player that usually is, uh, you know, up there in terms of uh, contributions and in scoring goals. So it was great to see her on the score sheet. Um, you know, she scored a couple of those from a, a, a bit of a distance. So that was that was really pleasing, you know, to see her back in the team and back in the amongst the goals as well. Yeah, some stats from the match, though. Uh, you know, before I want to before we get to that that particular goal, which was really, you know, was just really excellent, and, and I'm glad it was her. You know, out of anybody, and that's where it was going to end up coming from. I just didn't think they were going to get, you know, one from you know in the six yard box area, but you know, City did have you know did have you know the majority of possession as usual with sixty two percent. Um, you know, they had 681 passes, which was a little bit lower than, than usual, but they only had three shots on target, you know, out of 13 total shots. So, I mean, you basically saw that the, the opportunities were really limited. Uh, and if I'm correct, Manchester city's XG was one. Now we're typically used to seeing Manchester city to have expected goals in the twos, threes, and fours. 
uh, along with, you know, or like 1.9 or 2.3 and getting four goals, clinical finishing. And that just didn't happen uh, in that. I think credit, go, you know, the credit there goes to uh, Everton because, you know, having, you know, only 13 shots, you know, the ex expected goals comes from where those shots are located from. Um, and having only three ended up on target was pretty, you know, is pretty significant. Now, the thing of it is, did Everton have any shots on target? No, no. <laughs> they I did not. <laughs> I don't remember them having a shot. They had three. In the first half, at all. <laughs> yeah, they had three. I mean, they truly played, I mean, you know, I don't, you know, as much as a lot of American fans don't like it, this is the thing about American fans don't like about football. What they don't like about football is when teams do what Everton did, which is play for a draw, play for basically a nil-nil, which is basically how they played this out because they had, you know, I mean, it was the meeting before the match must have been really interesting because it have been like at Everton, they were like, okay, y'all, what we're going to do is we know we're not going to score. So we're just going to keep them from scoring and we're going to get a point, you know, and then um, and get, get a result out of this. And that's how they play the, play the match. Yeah. If it, if it had played out that way, it would have been a massive point, right? Uh, you know, for Everton and, you know, for obviously other clubs at the top of the table. So I think, you know, I think they've got to play Chelsea soon, aren't they, Everton? Yes, they do. <laughs> <laughs> they do. You do the same. Just try the same thing against Chelsea and hopefully it'll come off. Yeah, I mean, hopefully it'll work against, <laughs> against Chelsea um, and so forth. So, yeah, um, you know, it, it's, you know, they, you know, City had their typical number, you know, they had only, they had 800 touches, you know, 527 for for Everton, but really, you know, the shot creating actions were few and far between. Uh, Kira Walsh actually had uh, five. Lucy Bronze had five. Um, you know, on on their end, as far as um, just I mean, opportunities were just so few and far between. Um, you know, thanks to you know Everton just kind of closing all the lanes out. Basically, is what it came down to. Uh, but there really truly was nothing offensively on their end, but that wasn't the game plan. Uh, so they execute, as you said, they executed the plan, uh, you know, extremely well. Um, but in terms of, you know, but one of the, one part of the game plan was to get, is to take away the, you know, the people like Sam Mewis, Ellen White, you know, and take them out of the game. And, you know, um, it's a lot what, what opponents try to do with, at, uh, Arsenal is to try to take out Minima out of the game by limiting her, her touches. And for example, uh, for in City's case, um, you know, Sam Lewis only had 33 touches. Um, Ellen White only had 20. Um, and you know, I mean, Chloe had 59. Lauren had 47. But you know, you take the strikers out the center forwards out from being able to get touches on the ball, then you really are able to reduce, um, you know, the really higher level goal opportunities. Um, and that's, you know, basically what happened um, in terms of defensively, obviously, you know, with no shots on goal and only three shots for Everton, you know, again, Manchester city does it, what I call the expected goals against shutout of 0, 0.0 uh, because they were just, 
Um, there was really no offensive generation. But on the defensive end for Manchester City, um, you know, Chloe Kelly, again, I've got to mention her again, but I got to mention her on the defensive end. She led the team and also defensive pressures that were successful, which means that, you know, she pressured her opponent and in seven out of 22 times and resulted in a dispossession. Uh, Caroline Weir, you know, wasn't really, you know, was essentially absent from the score sheet, but she was very effective on the defensive end. She also had six successful pressures as well. Lauren Hemp had five. Uh, Smay Morgan had five uh, and Steph Houghton had five um, pressures. Um, but even the percent, the successful pressures percentage was a little bit lower than usual, but it was um, effective in the end defensively. But I agree with you, though. I think the real takeaway is besides, you know, we can we can joke that, yeah, since Everton's got to play Chelsea, maybe they can get the one point out of Chelsea instead of City. Uh, but but I think you're absolutely right. It, it, before, as I was preparing for this show, I was like, this may have been the match that Manchester City needed. You know, it's like, because they got Chelsea coming up, there's the big game against Chelsea, but that's in the distance, you know? And we've talked about over and over again, one game at a time, one match at a time. We got to take it one match at a time. But they've had this run where, let's, I mean, let's be honest, it's been kind of easy. You know, just rolling opponents, 4-0, 3-0, 5-0, you know, and really not having, you know, aside from having to play, you know, playing the, the derby, which turned out to be, you know, a little bit easier than maybe it was expected. They needed a tough match, you know, a really tough match where it was just going to, they would have to gut the thing out and go to plan B and, you know, and and deal with, you know, frustration and being a little bit impatient, but finding a way to come out on top. And you're right. Champions get the three points when they could have been a one point. Yeah. You know, absolutely. And, and, and maybe this is what they needed is to, to, to really test them to prepare them. Champions are, are made not in, you know, title matches or made in, in big games, sometimes in the big games, as we've talked about, it's these games that, that kind of, you know, might be a banana, banana peel game of sorts, you know, or like, you weren't really expecting it, but you know, they're kind of a hard opponent. You know, I've said over and over, you don't want to play Everton. You don't want to play Reading, you know, Reading is a difficult opponent. You know, they might go out and play for a nil nil too. <laughs> well, I, I would rather play Everton week week in week out in it is... <laughs> <laughs> yeah no it, it it's exciting though you know uh-huh. it, it absolutely it's, is it's it's competitive mm-hmm. um you know every game you want to be challenged you mm-hmm. know because you you find you know that that's where you build and that's where you improve you know uh gareth Taylor, you know he's spoken about you know even where we've been winning three nil or four nil or whatever you know that there are still still as a as a squad we can improve on, and um, you know I, you know we've spoke about some of them points already. So I, I'm really happy that we're able to to get the win. I think, and I and I do think that you know if we were to go on and, and be title contenders or even go on and win it, this would be one of the games where we look back on on as being you know potentially season defining because. Mm-hmm we were able to to find the character to go and get the result and i think 
the belief was there that we could find the way mm-hmm. <laughs> all right we left it to the death but we, mm-hmm. we did it you know and you know it might have looked a little bit lackluster at times that not, maybe we didn't look to have that sense of urgency but we stepped we kept to the principles of our play and we we eventually found the way through and i think it was just a lapse maybe for everton that we were able to take advantage of and capitalize on um and it was a moment of brilliance uh, an absolute fantastic goal from Kira Walsh to break the deadlock and and i think it will be a goal that will be remembered for for sure Oh, definitely. Especially if there's there's any trophy lifting and confetti falling from the sky uh, and fireworks in the air, uh, you know, at the end of the end of all of this. But but look at let's look at the run up, though. So next up is Fiorentina in Italy. Right. In terms of the fixture list for City coming up. So there's Fiorentina in Italy. Then next Wednesday, <laughs> I got that right. <laughs> yeah, next Wednesday away at Bristol who's fighting in a relegation battle. Um, and then after that is Reading at home on a Sunday uh, on the 28th. So at least there's some rest between Bristol and Reading. Uh, yeah. <laughs> after, after the Florentine again, like I said, you know, we've got a, a week uh, mm-hmm. really, right. uh, just under a week to, to prepare for that game and get some good, rest and recovery in because we're going to need it you know we've we've had a, an intense scheduling of games um which you know they'll probably be really enjoying but you know the rest and recovery is just as important mm-hmm. um and you know it is a game against bristol uh i, I hope we can get a really good result yeah. against bristol yeah me <laughs> i'll be able yeah. to turn up for the books if we can uh, you know i'm fairly confident that we can get a good result there but yeah reading like you said is a is you know that can be a banana skin as well so we've got a gotta really be on top of our game now you know every game is important you know and and we've got to treat it as such yeah i mean it's been really a grind i mean i mean you know back in you know back one month ago you know is arsenal then manchester united then birmingham then Fiorentina, and then everton then got Fiorentina again Bristol, you know, um, you know, no, no, you know, no disrespect to them, but, but think about it though. Bristol's in a, in a relegation battle, so they're going to try to get, try to find points anywhere where they can get it. Yeah, of course they will. Uh, and then you got, you know, and then you got Reading, uh, followed by Tottenham and then Chelsea. Uh, you know, that's, you know, the run up, um, you know, and now luckily, you know, the way the schedule looks right now, there's a three week gap between, you know, Tottenham and Chelsea in April um so you know it's a lot coming up but you know it's been a grind so at least there will be some rest doesn't appear like there are many too many significant injuries no um at the moment i think demi stokes is still out i'm not really mm-hmm. certain as to when she'll be back with the squad she had a an injury that um has flared up again she'd injured the mm-hmm. same injury but we're not too sure about the, the details of that um jess park is out not through injury, just uh, taking some time out. Um, Bonner, I think, is on the way back. Um, Aoife Mannion is obviously available to us now. So, yeah, in, in terms of squad, I think it's just Megan, Megan Campbell as well that's not available. But, mm-hmm. 
yeah we're pretty much starting to get everyone back now and everyone's sort of available and you know it, it's been good again to see like the likes of like laura coombs getting minutes um esme morgan back in the squad as well so yeah it'd be great to see janine becky at some point i think fans are sort of hoping that she might be available uh for the champion league and maybe dal kemper back in the squad as well yeah, hopefully so. Hopefully so. But it looks like pretty much a pretty fit squad, um, you know, going to Italy and then, um, you know, having some some time and space. So prediction time. So prediction time this week, Forentina. What's your predicted scoreline for Forentina? Um, I'm hoping uh, another three nil, four nil. Um, but I'll I'll take a one nil. I'm really not that bothered. I just want to, you know, if, if we've been defensively, we've been absolutely solid. Um, mm-hmm. doing really well. Um, at the minute, and I think you know we've seen obviously a little bit bit of rotation on that back line. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, players dropping in and out, but everyone's obviously doing their job uh, and doing what's asked of them. And I think we're being really, really solid on the back. So I I think. Uh, we can we can carry that forward into into the Florentina game. So yeah, I'm not really expecting them to score, um, but I think, like you said, I think that you know if we can go and get an early goal, I think that'll really settle the nerves. Maybe going into it, and we can build on that. I think for the for the game itself, I, and I'm expecting yeah, like a, a three 0 game. I think playing. I, I think. I think, you know, when when your Champions League life is on the line, like Florentina's is, they're going to give it everything they got for 90 minutes. And they, I think they're going to be pretty chippy from the beginning, um, you know, and they're going to really play it tight to try to make sure they don't give up that away goal. But they do got to open it up. Um, in order to try to get something. Uh, but they got a three-goal hill to climb. Um, but I expect them to fight, though. Um, so I, I'm going, but I don't expect them to score I, either. I would be disappointed if they didn't. Give yeah, it I think they are going to give it all they got, and so it's not going to be easy going in there, even with a three goal advantage. But luckily, City has a three goal advantage. Um, I don't expect them to score. They really only have one, you know, true goal scorer on their squad. Um, and you know, when it's when you're down to one true goal scorer, it's easy for squads like City to shut that down. But I do expect I don't expect a three or four nil kind of situation I do expect a two nil um you know and I think one but it'll take I'm I'm guessing it's going to take probably most of the first half to get that one uh and they might get that other one to the end to really close it out but um it's going to be a tight first half though I would imagine but two nil would be my prediction yeah, that's fair. But enough. either, but either way, City goes through. Yeah, <laughs> so. I, like I said, it could be a wonder. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not particularly bothered. You know, it's just, I we've got a job to do. We need to go mm-hmm. there, do it. We need yep. to be professional. We need to be disciplined, and we need to, you know, have that ambition to, mm-hmm. you know, this is Champions League. It's um, you know, the biggest tournament in Europe, and it's a, a competition we want to you know, succeeding. Um, this is a really good opportunity for us, you know, this season. We've we've got the players to mm-hmm. to to win it, you know, and we need to show that intent and and, and give it everything. 
Yeah, I and um, and I certainly, you know, certainly City has the talent and the depth um, to do it um, and to get really far and make a really excellent run. Um, and I don't think they're going to settle for okay, we'll make it to the quarterfinals and be done. Um, particularly when there's an experience going further than that. The thing is, as well, is you know we've not we've not made you know the semi-final semi-final was the last you know uh, mm-hmm. you know real success we had and that was like 2018 so mm-hmm. that's it's a major you know ambition for the club now to to really go on and, and make a mark in this competition you know every we get so far in the competition and it's it's always a bit of a disappointment do you know what i mean mm-hmm. but the belief has always been there i just kind of feel like it's really strong and prevalent throughout the squad, you know, the players, the management, the club itself, you know, to to really go on and push on this year. So, yeah, I, I'm I'm behind them all the way because I, I genuinely, and I'm not just saying it because I'm a fan, I genuinely believe that they can do it. Good, good. I'm glad as a fan that you believe that both with your mind. I mean, because in your heart, you're always going to believe it, right? In your heart, you're always going to believe they can do anything. Uh, But if you really look at it objectively and look at it with your head and say, you know what, dang, they do have the talent. They got the talent. They have the depth. They have the ability. They have the style of play. They have good coaches, a good organization behind them. You know, in my head, I'm thinking, yeah, they, you know, they they definitely got you know certainly a strong chance of going a far run um there are a lot of things that do need to fall into place very well you know and they got to get the job done when it counts Um, but i also feel as well though if we weren't able to go on mm -hmm. then so many questions would be asked of 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 the team itself you know Mm -hmm. with the quality of players that we've got why couldn't we go and go on and do it and have that success Mm-hmm. Or at least get to a final, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I think, you know, with players like, you know, Sam Mewis, everyone, you know, they say how, you know, world-class players, look at Chloe Kelly, look at, you know, your three World Cup winners in your squad, you know, that you've bought in with the intent of, of going on and having success. And if we don't start producing that, mm-hmm. you know, when are we going to do it? If we can't do it now, I just, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I, I have to doubt, like, whether we'll be able to do it in the future with the players that we've got now. That's an, I mean, and that is a good point. And the the way, you know, the, the way Manchester City is looked at, you know, yeah, definitely questions would be raised um, because, you know, uh, you know, it's it's all over the place where, where it's like, okay, Manchester City is not just building to win domestic titles. You know, they're they're trying to be the best in the world not just the best in England. And so I think, you know, uh, there always will be questions if, if they miss the mark. Um, and again, a lot has to go their way for them, for them and anybody, you know, I mean, you know, if you could have a situation where in the next, you know, in the next round, you end up playing, you know, city ends up playing Leon or PSG or Bayern or what your Barcelona in the next round, not saying that any of those teams are actually better, but you could have like a, like a mammoth opponent, but if, but my philosophy is you're going to have to run into a mammoth opponent anyways, <laughs> you know, you yeah. know, so you just, you can only play who's in front of you. And, um, you know, so, but you know, those things do happen, but, but yeah, I mean, everything, the foundation of the squad, the foundation of the club, the foundation of the team, the talent on the team, the coaching on the team, the organization, the back room, 
all of it is built on the premise of the idea of being the best in the world. You have to, regardless of anything else, I think anyone who has a mind has to admire what Manchester City is attempting to do. You know, is saying, okay, we're investing in the women's team, but we're investing in the women's team, not with the idea of just being out there on the pitch and having a team. We're out there to win. We're out there to win trophies. We're out there to win the league. And our ultimate aim is to be the best, period. End of story. Um, and um, that's it. You know, that's the ambition. Um, and questions should be asked if they don't make a solid run. But hopefully we won't, hopefully as we go along, Emma, we won't have to have that conversation. Hopefully we won't have that conversation, Emma. I know you don't want to have that talk. You don't want to have that talk when I say to you, what happened? <laughs> you know, we, have what... Do, we have to do it. It's fine. I mean, yeah. I mean, <laughs> but I know, you know, it's, it, it's, you know, um, you know, it's, it, it, that time, hopefully for, for everyone's sake, for city fans out there will not come. Um, but Hey, got to prepare that it is so emma thank you so much you've been great as always you've been brilliant as always um i hope you enjoy the champions league leg uh match in italy um and so forth probably you probably wish you could be in italy uh <laughs> to be in that Definitely. match <laughs> you know smu smu has said in an interview she you know famously said yeah i always wanted to go to italy which i thought was kind of strange from a us wnt player saying you've never been to italy <laughs> you know but bizarre, isn't it? <laughs> but yeah it's it's uh it's good yeah good opportunity to you know to stretch the legs in a in an airplane yeah. exactly exactly so everyone you know and but emma thank you so much and look forward to seeing you again Everyone out there, this is the closing of Monday. Tomorrow, we're going to have Josh back from the Islington Gazette talk about Arsenal women uh, coming up. They have a huge match coming up on Friday against United with the, with Champions League qualification at stake uh, for them. But um, also on Friday, big announcement, everyone. Conti Cup final is coming up next weekend. And so I've been working very closely with the Bristol City Vixen cast uh, in order to get them together with Rob uh, with the CFCW social to get a preview uh, special podcast episode together, which will drop on Friday, um, you know, day, day and a half before that Conti Cup final. Uh, it's been an interesting road for Bristol City to get to a to a final for a cup, um, and awaiting them is Chelsea. Um, go so, on, Bristol! Yeah, everyone, you know, <laughs> I tell you, non-Chelsea fans are like, yeah, go for it, Bristol, <laughs> go for it, um, oh. take them down, you know, and. Uh, <laughs> So, you know, and everyone loves a Cinderella story, you know, and, and, and particularly in the U.S. People here in the U.S. love a Cinderella team coming out of absolute nowhere and making it to a final uh, and so forth. So Bristol City is your team. If you like a Cinderella story of a team not anyone expected to be in a final, they're in a final. So we're going to talk to the Vixen cast uh, folks about that on Friday in a special episode coming up. Today is International Women's Day. I'm going to close out with that. I want to thank every single woman that has ever been a part of my life. Some are with us still and some unfortunately are not. Um, I hope uh, and I wish a happy International Women's Day to everyone involved, as I said, at the open. Um, I hope though 
that someday we will not need an International Women's Day. And the reason why is we'll reach a level of equality in this country, in the world, that every day will be International Women's Day. Because for me, it is International Women's Day every single day. So thank you, everyone out there. And I will close with that. That is England is Burning for today. We will see you tomorrow with Josh from the Islington Gazette talking about Arsenal. And we are out for today. <laughs>